0: Rooster and the Devil Podcast. Rooster and the Devil Podcast. Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League Soccer. With hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. Alright everybody, it's going to be a little bit of a weird episode of Rooster and the Devil. We had some scheduling conflicts. Brad was down in New Mexico. He was flying when we usually record, but we did catch up with him for about 10 minutes while he was in the airport. But you'll hear a baby in the background a little bit crying. That's my baby. Uh, So we apologize for the audio there. Um, but we will have 10 minutes with Brad, talk about Tottenham, and then we'll do about 20 minutes of Jimmy, and then we're actually going to end with a interview that we had with Wolves USA co-founder Chris Wood, which I think you'll find very entertaining. I will say that we did record that section through Google Voice, so the quality isn't as good as you normally hear here on Rooster and the Devil, but I think the content is compelling enough for you to overlook that, so you should shut up and just listen but here's brad and i's conversation we're coming off north london derby tottenham getting a much needed point kind of a uh uh, the game yeah lukewarm feeling because they just didn't play that great but of course we're coming off of just a champions league win right now so it's always a bit different but tell me how you're feeling after the north london derby
1: yeah pretty indifferent i think um when I look at the fact that they were home, that is a little disappointing. Not to come away with a couple of points, especially considering uh, that we lost at the Emirates earlier in the year. So it's it's uh, pretty badly. So you know, Arsenal certainly have come on recently, and they deserve the result. But it would have been nice to get a couple more points and. Um, Jump ahead of them, but at the same time, we are still in front of them by a bit. But I am getting a little bit, a little bit nervous.
0: A little For bit sure. Nervous. And actually, Man U is kind of on our uh, nippet at our heels right now as well, which never feels Correct. great. What yes. I think they're only, yeah, they're only three points behind us now.
1: They are. They're Arsenal's actually in fourth.
0: fourth. Yeah. So right. even Europa leagues kind of in sight all of a sudden, which isn't ideal.
1: No. In that, in that case, they just have to win the Champions League. Yeah. To Easy. get back in. I mean, Easy peasy. Well,
0: let's look at all the positives right now. They just came off of a, a win over Dortmund, 1-0 at Dortmund for a 4-0 aggregate victory in Champions League. Uh, we've got news today that they're going to play in the new stadium very soon, which means their home field advantage is coming back. And, yes, that's a baby you're hearing. She's on my lap. Uh, but you'll just have to deal with baby Abby here. Um <laughs> And then Dele Alley possibly coming back very soon as well. So the team's kind of nearing full strength for the the first time in months. So there is a lot going on for Tottenham. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting to see them, how they finish here in the Premier League.
1: Feels different. Feels different. Feels different in different competitions, to your point. Yeah. But at the same time... It's absolute dreamland when it comes to the Champions League. Um, it's only the second time that they've made it this far, so.
0: Oh, is um, that true? And the last time it was 2008. I saw a tweet.
1: Correct. Yeah. Correct. Actually, actually, I think it was 2011. Oh, 08 was the League Cup, um, but very, very exciting, and especially to get by a side like Dortmund. And you don't have Real Madrid in the competition anymore, which we can get to, but. Um, extremely exciting and a huge accomplishment and and progress compared to last year um, tangible progress for Pochettino
0: so it seems like as well it's either we play Ajax or the winner of Roma Porto who would you rather play out of that group right now? no no
1: that is not how it works my friend Oh no No, it is a complete redraw so they throw all the names in the hat and pull, and pull them out yep And there's no restrictions. So in previous rounds, you can't play another squad from England. Um, It's restricted, so it makes sure that you play a club from another country. Um, There's a couple other restrictions, but quarterfinals, all bets are off. So we could draw Liverpool, City, whoever is still in that competition, and uh, they throw them all in a hat and just draw again. And that's on March 15.
0: That's amazing. I didn't realize there's another draw. That's so cool.
1: So, yeah, very exciting. Absolute dreamland when it comes to this. I mean, I used to watch the competition and just be excited if Spurs were in it, let alone in the final eight. So, very yeah, fun. I, mean,
0: I think that's, you know, for both of us being kind of new fans, we've been spoiled here because we're used to Tottenham in the Champions League. And it's just kind of like a foregone conclusion, which I think... <laughs> long-term Spurs fans would think we're crazy for thinking that's a normal occurrence for sure for sure and
1: I mean I I watched with like Levi and friends in college we would watch the Champions League matches and Spurs were never in the Champions League and when I started following them I think they fin- had finished sixth the year before and then they finished fifth and made the Europa League so I wasn't really used to that either but it's been an it's become a norm which is uh, just another reflection on Pochettino. I think,
0: yeah, I think what you'll find interesting in the conversation with the guy from Wolves um, is how happy he would be in the Europa League. You know that it's just so crazy that Spurs have kind of in recent history, you probably know this better than I do, uh, gone from like more of a mid table squad to like what they are now.
1: Absolutely. It has been a steady progression. And that's part of what Pochettino talks about is making Champions League a consistent feature uh, each season. Not even a question. That's why top four is so important to him.
0: Right. And then speaking of another top four, real quick, while we're on the subject, Liverpool eating a dick against Everton. It is a derby, so you always have that. But it does seem like they're losing their grasp on the Premier League title, and that Man City is now officially in the driver's seat, driving their little brother Liverpool around It the does, city.
1: but at the same time, there are plenty of, plenty of opportunities remaining for Liverpool. Um, city does look like they're the favorites, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, but, you know, Liverpool can still get the job done. It's not over. City haven't been perfect, um, but I would agree with you. Absolutely. I think it's only a point at the top, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's one point right now. So, yeah, anything could happen. And Man City has had some crazy losses this season. But all of a sudden, they look uh, hard to beat. So it is an uphill climb for Liverpool. It is. (laughs) We agree there. (laughs) So in the the relegation fight, uh, Fulham did not get a point against Chelsea, lost 2-1. Brighton beat Huddersfield. Uh, Crystal Palace topped Burnley, kind of cementing Crystal Palace as a middle table team, in my opinion. Um, Cardiff lost to Wolves, who looked great again. And then uh, Newcastle lost to... I'm forgetting who now... Lester. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe they're still in the hunt for relegation all of a sudden. Maybe the Almiron effect will will wear off Could a little be. bit. Could be,
1: again, what do we have, 9 or 10 left, right? So, yeah. again, plenty yeah. of chances to pick up points. And doesn't mean that it's over by any means, but... Disappointing, certainly for, for Newcastle in that case, if that's what the one we were talking about.
0: And then, um, so what do you think of Tottenham this Saturday? They're playing uh, Southampton. It's kind of nice to have an easier game on the schedule, but do you think we see them kind of return back to a form of kicking ass this week in Premier League, or do they kind of still stumble around? I think
1: if Daly is back, they have a good chance of, of looking good again, but Premier League form has not been... Has not been solid lately, so I'm a little bit nervous. I think it is away. Um, and if you look at United against Southampton, they played them very tough this past weekend. So Southampton is no, no slouch in this situation, and um, it'd be nice to get the three points and not have to worry about it. Maybe two, three
0: goals. Real quick, uh, you caught a little bit of MLS when you were in New Mexico this past week. So uh, What would you see there? LAFC.
1: Against, I think Atlanta. No, that may not be right. LAFC against sporting Kansas city. And the distribution on from the, from the keeper uh, from LAFC was insane. I saw four or five long balls where he hit guys in stride all the way up the pitch. It was just really impressive. Um, And it was okay. There were a couple of fun chances that actually were of quality. And it's not a horrible product, but I don't know. We'll see if we stick with it.
0: Any other final thoughts before I have to get going here and take care of this baby?
1: I think seeing Ajax triumph over Madrid uh, at the at the Bernabéu is ridiculous and a huge result for them. And you know they're they're the best in the Dutch league certainly for years, but the last dutch team to make it to the quarterfinals of the champions league was 2007 and it was psv eindhoven and then the last time that ix made it to the quarters was 2003 so it's a huge huge result for them obviously real madrid at the Bernabéu, beating them 4 one and coming back on the road to to beat them on aggregate is insane um and that's just exciting to see so it would be really fun to have them in the first round at the new stadium um or the first leg of the new stadium against ix to get to draw them which there's decent odds but it's unlikely but that would be a lot of fun and just happy for ix uh and their squad because they develop players so well
0: and then my baby had a meltdown, so I had to end the conversation with Brad. But later that night, I caught up with Jimmy to talk about Man U and some other crap. Here's that conversation.
2: With Man U. They're playing PSG. Um, PSG has a, uh, a two-goal advantage. Um, both the, I mean, that was at Old Trafford, so they're playing at home. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be quite the uphill climb. And even the 3-0 lead... If you put a goal in early,
0: you know, there's still chances to be had. So it could happen, especially if you guys put one in, uh, you know, you might randomly get one in the the first 10 minutes. You never know.
2: I I feel like PSG is probably in better form than uh, like Real Madrid has been, you know, the last couple weeks. But, uh, you know, watching what happened today with with Ajax going to Madrid and just putting it on them 4-1. Uh, I guess I mean literally anything's possible, so i'm not ruling it out um i'm I'm just looking forward to watching and hope that we can compete uh we're gonna have, we're gonna have five teenagers on the bench um so uh, if nothing else, maybe we can blood some young guys. I think it'll just be interesting interesting to see the tactics with uh with what we have available
0: yeah it's uh it'll be interesting to see how Solskjaer... Behaves with uh, a lot of the guys off the team, and it's really cool that they get Champions League experience. I'm sure they're pumped.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, just just the the fact that you know they get to put the suit on and and get on the team plane and and go to Paris and and be in that environment like that's uh, um, that's all really important. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. Did you watch Ajax today at all? I didn't. I, I wasn't able to. Uh, um, uh, kind of bouncing around today. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to watch. I well, I was keeping tabs on it um, just on my phone as as the day was going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I uh, you should check out the Twitter account because I retweeted just a ridiculous possession from Ajax where there must have been like 15, 16 touches and Real Madrid just looked like Huddersfield out there against them. It was
2: crazy looking. Yeah, that's it's wild. I mean, they... Uh, they have looked good um you know this this season i i want to say they're still only in second place uh domestically um in their league but i haven't checked in a while um but yeah they're they're a good team they're a solid team lots of good young players uh um yeah it'll be interesting interesting to see you know now that we know ix and tottenham are through kind of see how the rest of these games go and um see what sort of matchups we're going to get you know for uh um the quarterfinals so i'm excited yeah, i love champions league football if united is in it or or not it's just uh, a great tournament
0: and uh Tyndall was telling me uh that they actually redraw completely in the in the next round which i had not been aware of which is awesome yeah.
2: yep yeah so it it's fun it's a cool tournament so I wanted to
0: jump back into Premier League and a lot hap- has happened for man United even since last week you guys moved up to fourth in uh, on the table and you beat Southampton which actually was an excellent game I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that game because I did get to watch some of it myself and and very much enjoyed Southampton's performance against you
2: yeah uh, uh, it, you're right it was an incredibly entertaining game it was nerve-wracking you know as a United fan um you know the first five ten minutes, we were just peppering uh, their goal. Couldn't get one in. It felt like one of those things, like uh, if we're not gonna get one early, you know, we might fall back, and that's kind of what happened. <clears throat> then later in the first half, um, you know, bounces out wide, and their defender just hit a stunner. Like I mean, one of those things. I I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. Like he just hit a perfect shot by De Gea. Just like wow. wow. Yeah, it was it was sexy and I was like, well, there are okay. so many
0: like, good goals. There are so many oh, worldies in that game.
2: So so yeah, so he scores that one and then in the second half, um uh uh, uh Pereira, excuse me. Um, you know, just cuts back on his right foot when he should have he he should have passed it to to Luke Shaw, but like, you know, he for he must have been feeling it cuz he cut it onto his right foot and just put his beautiful bending shot. Another stunning goal. Um actually his first at old Trafford, I believe, um so it was uh exciting exciting for him um so one one, and then uh you know Lukaku gets in on the action, beautiful goal i'm like in a, those are all happened within a couple minutes, and I'm just like I'm so excited i'm happy, go on That's about when months. I turned it on you you guys in the second half, you came out on fire and looked
0: invincible all of a sudden,
2: yeah, I think that I, I think honestly, I think it like in i um I'm not trying to dog him but it when Sanchez you know went out um it changed the complexion of the game um Diego Dallow came on um and played out wide uh he looked great making good runs good passes um I wouldn't be surprised to see him start tomorrow actually in the Champions League but yeah that that changed the complexion of the game changed the energy um yeah uh so we're up two one 75th minute you know give up a free kick from like 35 yards out And James Ward-Prowse. Who who is this guy? He looks amazing. So, like, I I remember him, like, he's been around for a while. He's only 23, 24. Um, And uh, when he first came up, he was a free kick specialist. Like, he's he's always been deadly, um, you know, on the free kick. He's kind of known for that. But he's since kind of, like, grown and rounded his game out. Um, I know that they were talking about him coming up for – some of the England matches coming up, um, like as a possible call up just uh, just based off of his performances. Um, really, one of the few bright spots on a pretty otherwise sour season for Southampton. But yeah, he, like he's he, he hits just a, a beautiful curling just uh, just a butte um, that goes to, to, to tie the game up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting I'm sitting there thinking like we're we're at two two, and you know we we we've been punching them in the mouth, and they've just hit these these gorgeous goals and I'm at that point I'm like well I guess you know sometimes the soccer gods uh, smile on you and sometimes they don't and um you know it got late and we're pressing we're pressing and and Lukaku gets that goal and I'd like it, it's been a while since like I've like jumped up and like fist pumped like in celebration uh, watching the United game but it was exciting like it was, it was exciting to watch it reminded me you know um, just just the way it finished it reminded me of the Ferguson days where um you know a, against the grain um in a game that you probably should only get a point you pull all three points out and it was a great win it was exciting um yeah it was it was good to see Lukaku um play well so yeah
0: nice yeah i mean i can't believe you guys are there in fourth already that happened so quickly
2: well thanks to you guys i, I appreciate the the north london derby tie there um Oh
0: was,
2: yeah, did uh, you catch that, that game nice. at all? Uh I did. I watched that game. That was uh um it was like for a 1-1 game. It was incredibly entertaining. Um you know, like lots of action, um you know, all the all the physical chippiness you would expect from a from a derby match. Um yeah, yep. a buried team, penalty
0: team. from Kane in the 74th and then a, a
2: Bummyang misfire. You know, uh, yeah, I mean on, honestly, I uh, um I don't know about the penalty, like, uh, like the penalty was soft, the one they called, sure. um, you know, bombing, but just just based on like the run of the game, the flow of the game, like Arsenal was pushing, like they were the aggressive team, um, the last 15 minutes, and um, maybe they deserved one, but uh, you know, Lloris made uh, made a great save, and uh, um, you know, Jan Vertonghen uh, super sped in there on that, peak, <laughs> on that PK. Uh, it doesn't matter. They, you know, it gets the tie. Uh, it was just a fun game to watch. Uh, so it's, it's what you expect when you when you watch a derby game.
0: Yeah, and that's honestly a huge point for Tottenham that keeps them clear of you guys by three, and then Arsenal by four. So all of a sudden, that uh, the Champions League race is is getting tight, and you never know what could happen here at the end of the season.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you look at games in hand, Chelsea. You know, if they win their games, they're actually the the fourth place team. Oh um, yeah, look th- at that. And and I think that they're only like a like two points behind uh, uh, Tottenham in that scenario. So they're I mean, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth is getting tight. And um, with uh, you know a couple three, of draws three, recently three, for three Tottenham, six, really. yeah, I say Tottenham's uh, you know still in the driver's seat, but you know uh, they're looking in the review mirror and seeing all these all these teams coming. So It'll be fun. It's uh, it's exciting that we have a legitimate you know title race, even if it's just two teams at this point. But that not just the title race, but three through six is is competitive. Um, you know, uh, the relegation fight can always be fun. Um, although at this point it looks like it's just whoever is battling to not be 18th. So it's a it's been a really entertaining football season, uh, in general. So agreed. Um, did you catch any other games this weekend? You know, uh I did not catch any other Premier League games. Um I won't go into it too much, but I did um I did spend some time trying to uh to watch some MLS games. Um and so Tell us about I, that because I actually did not get much of a chance to watch. So I, I watched the the very first game was uh the opening game of the season was the Toronto FC versus Philadelphia Union. Um the game itself, I mean, it had it had moments where it looked, you know, it it, it looked like good soccer and it had a lot of moments where it didn't um lots of fouls i think the whistle was constantly blowing um it was a physical and um the one thing that i did notice that i am concerned about i think i texted you guys about this is the the var stuff um it like as the game got physical um that it just Every time there was a foul, like the referee was like stopping, like delaying the game, listening to his ear to see, you know, is it a yellow card, is it a red card, and it it, it completely took the flow out of the game. It took the authority away from the referee. Um, it it just really it was tough to watch. And I'm hoping that you know, imagine um, the North
0: London Derby with VAR, that would have been terrible. Yeah, there probably yeah. would have been like seven or eight stoppages. And I think what drew me into Watching is just not having those stoppages all the time, so I'm I I feel you on that.
2: And it all depends too, you know, how they implement it. So, um, you know, I, I think that you know, MLS is probably going the American route that they want to get every call exactly right. I'm hoping that in England, you know, they'll let some of these experienced referees use their best judgment that they're not constantly second guessing or second checking in that sense. You know, save it for the PKs, save it for like, a goal where somebody might be close to offsides. Like, save it for, like, those type of moments. But, like, um, I mean, I don't want to watch, like, every time there's a foul that they have to sit there and wait to see if it's actually a red card watching it in super slow motion, or are going to let them just make the call and go on with the game? So uh, that part I was concerned about. That's my biggest takeaway from, from the MLS, um, MLS game I watched. Sure, but I think, uh, do you think you'll, you'll keep watching? I, I am I'm going to I'm going to keep trying. I did I did catch uh um some of the uh LA Galaxy in Chicago game and surprisingly that game was uh much better. Like lots more link up passing. Um it's it looked a lot smoother and I think that um I, I forget too sometimes that like, you know, MLS starts beginning in March and some of these markets are just like really rough like weather. Like I think the game in Colorado uh, it was like a whiteout. So I mean, the DC United
0: it, it, game here that was just a disgusting night. It was like 35 and cold rain. So I'm not really surprised that
2: Audi Field didn't do that well because it was absolutely disgusting out. Yeah, but I'm like I I am gonna keep trying it. Uh um, you know I've I've made it a point to try to figure out when the games are, and that that's the part you know I love the most about like the EPL. Like I know Saturday, Sunday morning. Um, With a couple, every now and then, you know, midweek games sprinkled in just for fun.
0: Quickly, though, I I don't know if this will make it on the pot either, but there is uh, some CONCACAF Champions League games, which I have to admit I am intrigued by. I know Red Bulls are playing Santos tonight, Um, and I think historically MLS has done very poorly in this tournament. Uh, Have they ever won a Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League uh,
2: They've never won. They're they're consistently getting better, like placing better. Um, last year Toronto FC actually lost on PKs in the final. Um, and that's the closest that any MLS team's ever come to. And um, the way the Concacaf Champions League goes, like, you know that uh they would be considered a Canadian team versus uh it was against a Mexican team. So um, no U.S. team is even. Uh, I think a U.S. team might have. I'm not even sure if, uh, if a U.S. team has played in the final. I know Montreal has, um, I want to say, two years ago. But, huh. yeah. So they, yeah, they do so, break it down more by country that way than just, like, league, so to speak. Uh, I'm
0: not even sure exactly how or what stage they are in right now. Is it knockout rounds already? Might be yeah, something to is, investigate.
2: It is It is a elimination. <laughs> they do, I think, it's home and away. I don't know how many. I want to say... I want to say it's like the quarterfinals, right now.
0: Yeah, or maybe, actually, or maybe they're round of six.
2: Yeah. So, and there's still four MLS teams, I believe. I don't know. My memory, yeah, memory's a little fuzzy. I think there's. I want to say it's like Houston, Columbus. Um, I can't remember them all. Yeah, it, it is. It is an interesting tournament. Um, it's dominated by Sporting um, Sporting KC and Atlanta United are the other two. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tournament that historically has been completely dominated by um the Mexican league. Um I mean rightly so that league is still um higher quality than than MLS, but MLS is is, is getting better. Um I think there's it,
0: definitely a chance that MLS catches Liga M X as far yeah, I as think quality just is by,
2: concern. Just financial resources, right? Um it just the, the difference is, is that i, I like I, people still care more about um liga mx than they do about mls Elite, like more mexicans care about the mexican league than um americans care about the mls i think more um, mexicans yeah. care about the mls than americans care <laughs> about mls that, i think that's true in, in in a lot of markets um but i find i find that it's you know it's uh, it's you know, small niche pockets of people that um, there's people that could like, they're like, Meh, um, I don't care at all. And there's people that I care, like I care very much about my team. I, you know, they buy all the jerseys and everything else. And that's, it's cool that it is getting to that point. Um, so it's growing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's still, exciting. Uh, still uh, uh, tough to watch.
0: I'll actually be, I'll be paying attention to the Champions League at the, the CONCACAF Champions League at the very least. Um, yeah, and then quickly Arsenal on Sunday. What a freaking match this has turned out to be! Could be four or five, or you know whatever the matchup ends up being. But it's huge implications for Tottenham even. So I'm gonna appreciate watching some of you guys lose some points. I'm yeah. guess I'm rooting for the tie. Probably a tie would be would be best for, for an, Tottenham. An so.
2: entertaining tie, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's going to be interesting um to see who we have back. So it sounds like Martial um like if it was absolutely necessary he might have been able to play tomorrow but really they're holding out hope that he'll be back for the weekend, which will be huge um getting him back so we can have him Lukaku and Rashford back on the attacking end um but we're we're still going to be sporting a lot of young kids um which I kind of like it it reminds me, you know, of uh, of the old days, where we did bring more guys to the youth system, um, you know, sprinkled in with some of the superstars that we bought. So, uh, I I am looking forward to the game on Sunday. Yes, uh, I haven't talked to Babel about it, but you know, hopefully, um, him and I will chat soon.
0: Nice. Yeah, we gotta get Babel on the podcast to talk about Arsenal soon. Yes. Yep. So before we let you go and get to this Wolves interview.
2: Uh, any rants for this week? But I did want to just, just share real quickly. I did share an article on the um, on the podcast Twitter um, about some of the rule changes that are coming up. And a lot of times, this stuff kind of flies under the radar, and then all of a sudden, the games are playing, and everyone's like, "Wait, wait, wait! What the hell is that? Like, you can't do that type stuff." Um, the uh, the big one being that you no longer so. Uh, I know some people know this, but just to set it again real quick right now on a goal kick, it has to go outside of the 18 yard box. So you see a lot of teams that play from the back, you know, they'll have two guys stand on the way outsides and they'll pass it short. Um, So they changed the rule that you don't, it no longer has to make it outside of the 18, that you can just touch it to somebody. And the reason they did that was um, a lot of cases that teams that are doing that, um, the, the team defending will put like a forward way up there and as soon as it, if it looks like you know the defender is not gonna uh be able to play the ball cleanly or whatever he'll just step inside the box and touch it and make enforce a re-kick uh it's a you know a good way to get out of trouble and sometimes it's been used for time wasting so um they changed that rule to get rid of some of that sort of stuff um other quick ones uh no longer can you score an accidental handball goal so earlier this season Sergio Aguero got a hat trick as he was sliding, and it hit his hand and went in. Um, not intentional, but um, still a goal. Uh, going forward now, that, that will no longer be a goal. Um, they will disallow that, so that's a cool change. Uh, you no longer have to come off um, you know, at the middle on the sideline on a substitution, so you see time wasters you know, sit there and clap their hands and take forever to get off the field. Yeah, uh, no, the, the new rule is you have to go off the nearest um, sideline. So wherever you are in the field where the closest sideline is, you have to go. off. The, the big one, the big one um, for that was, uh, I want to say it was last year. Um, I, I want to say it was in an African Cup of Nations, but I can't remember. But a guy took literally 60 seconds to go off the field. And that's what kind of prompted um, that change. But yeah, check out the article on, on, the, on the podcast. Um, kind of spells out all of that stuff, how that's changing. Um, It's little stuff like that that people, um, you know, the game itself, uh, it reminds me of baseball. You know, like the rules essentially never change, but um, every now and then minor tweaks can be made um, in order to improve uh, the way the game is played. And um, some of these tweaks, I think that, you know, people will meet initially with criticism, but hopefully um, once they're watching the game, they can see just how the the flow of the game is improved by these. um, At least I think it will be. So I'm looking forward to that. So check that out.
0: And uh, now for the main event of the episode, this is Chris Wood again, co-founder of Wolves USA, telling us all about what it's like to be a Wolverhampton fan in Ohio. Here he is.
3: First question I have for you, um, actually, why don't you tell us your your name and a little bit about yourself? Uh,
4: My um, name's Chris Wood. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I'm a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. I've been so since 2003. I actually went to my first game in England this year or this season. I went to Wolves versus Southampton. I actually predicted a two-nil scoreline, but you know, being from um, being from the states, we usually don't make bets on you know sports or not supposed to. But my buddy, everyone's asking me like, did didn't did you make a bet? I'm like, I, I probably should have, but too late now.
3: What was it like going to the stadium for the first time? And, and um, what is it, Molyneux? Is
4: that the name of the stadium? Um, Molyneux, yeah, it's uh, it's actually named after the area where it was actually built. There was it was it was a manor house. Is way, easiest easiest way to explain it. It was uh, a called Molyneux House. It was like a like a certain family owned it, and then it was it had a large enough area so they can actually make a stadium. But you know been rebuilt a couple of times but going on the stadium for the first time it's a surreal moment um, for the game it was a little bit different than actually going there actually when I first got in I actually went to the uh, club shop I actually met two players while I was there because they were in their shopping
3: <laughs>
4: and then I actually got a tour from the guy that does the online uh, radio broadcast or the commentary actually gave me a tour, so I got to see the inside and the outside. I actually got to get out on the pitch. If you want, I can send you a couple photos. Sure, that'd be awesome.
3: Yeah, we'll definitely uh, beat we'll them but, out.
4: But when the fireworks went off, if you've seen a wolf game, yeah, I haven't done the fireworks for a few games because I uh, actually went into the stands, but seeing the fireworks live in person, uh, I was speechless.
3: So you're from America. You're from Ohio, we mentioned earlier. Yeah. How did you become a wolf? that I was looking up their history a little bit, and it seems like, you know, they've been uh, they've been up you and down. For
4: you. All right. Well, it started back in I was my senior year of high high school. It was right after the world the World Cup in 2002. My buddy gave me a copy of the FIFA game for that year. You know, I started out, you know, playing, you know, the biggest team that there was. You know, I'm from Ohio. We have Ohio State. The colors are red. So I chose the red team. You know, it was Manu of course. So I started playing that that a, a bunch. Then I noticed I actually had it on TV. It was when it was Fox Sports World East, then it became Fox Soccer Channel. I started watching, and then since I had it on TV, first game I actually watched was Manu versus Arsenal. It was the game that worked under Solskjaer. I got punched in the face by Sol, Sol Campbell. Then, you know, I started watching that, you know, I started, I sort of became a fan of Man U, but I really wasn't that big into it. And then I, later the season went on, you know, commentators started talking about promotion and relegation. You know, we don't have that here, so I actually read read in, I'm one of those people that, you know, that started on something, I delved headfirst into everything, so I read as much as I I could. I saw I actually had the playoffs, there was... The playoffs from the lower league, which was called division one at the uh, time, which is now called the championship. I saw, you know, I missed the semifinals, but Wolfhampton Wanderers were in there with Sheffield United for the final. I was over at my cousin's house. You know, I, had, I saw it that day, had it on TV, so I watched it. I missed the first half. Wolves were already up three nil, but I didn't really care at that time, but Sheffield United had a penalty. So you know they they uh, took took said penalty, but the keeper who was named Matt Murray for Wolves saved it. That was the very first time I ever saw that. I was hooked from from then on.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think like I said earlier, I've only been watching for a year and a half, and same thing. Like immediately, you know, just the way the the game flow was, no commercials, the excitement of the goals just drew me in completely. Yeah. So I understand. Um, and then now it looks to me like you have started this uh, a fan group called Wolves USA. Um, can you tell me about that a little bit? All
4: right. Well, I, you know, I, you know, so I got on social media and I tried to find out as many or I tried to find as many Wolves fans as I could. You know, I found out this is back when MySpace was still a, a thing. So I found a bunch of, of them. Then when it uh-huh. went over to, Facebook, I joined a bunch of the Facebook groups that I could, you know, banter about with with them. And then uh, since I'm from Columbus, we have Columbus Crew here. I guess one of their supporter groups called the Crew Union, uh, one of their teams that travels around wears wolves wolves kits. Back in 2011, they actually had a a supporter group, you know, tournament, where, you know, the amateur teams played it. And they won the Nordeca Cup. The, the Nordeca is, the, you know, the northeast corner of the Wolves. If you ever, or the, uh, crew, if you ever watched a crew game, there's a the noisy section. But yeah. they posted a photo that, that they won the first cup. They won the second cup also. But they posted a photo and there's a couple of folks around my area that commented on it. I'm like, well, if I actually have Wolves fans that are around me close in, in Columbus, I might have well started Wolves USA young group. So August of 2011, We started it, and it's grown ever since. I'm like, back when we were in League league One, we had about 200, 300 members. Now we're up to 1,800.
3: Yeah, and and that actually leads well into what it's been like. You guys, where did you end up in the championship last year? Were you one?
4: Well, last year we were first. The year before that we were, I'm going to say 18th. We were in low. Oh, wow. We were close to relegation, but we, later in the season, we bumped ourselves back up.
3: So then what happened last year that made you guys so successful? Did uh, Neves oh, come in that we, year?
4: Oh, uh, well, Neves, well, mainly Nuno, because we had a sort of unknown, for uh, um, Foson took, took over in 2016, and then they brought in, they were supposed to get the then, or he went to be the Spain manager, uh Lupategi, I think his name was, but then he went to Rayal. out after the World Cup or the Euros, we were supposed to get him, but he ended up going and getting a Spain job. Then we got uh, one of the second-rate ones. His name is Walt Cruzanga. He only lasted till November. Then we got Paul Lambert, who's now at Ipswich, but he sort of rioted, he sort of righted the ship that that year, but. I think our owners' ambitions were higher than that, so they got the former Porto manager Nuno in, and then he brought Neves from Porto. He bought Jota, who used to play at uh, Porto, but he's at Atletico Madrid. And then, we that, got, um, then we got then uh, we got Willy Bully on on loan, and then a bunch of other players. A couple of guys we got for free. Like I think we got Ready for free. We got Ryan Benefort for free transfers. And then he revamped everything. He moved – uh I thought Cody was going to leave that that summer, but he moved him to a sweeper. I didn't believe he would be great there until I actually saw him play in the preseason. And then it was and, downhill from there. What was, your,
3: uh, what was your take going into the season? Did you think, you know, you had a chance of being mid-table or were you thinking you'd be kind of close to that drop zone?
4: Um. In the championship season, I thought we um, we started well. As um, I thought we weren't going to go up until the Bristol City game, and on uh, this December 30th, after we went down a man, but I thought we were going to go up early as early in the season. But I've, I've talked to a bunch of Wolves fans, because they're notorious for bottling at Certain times back in 2001, they were like nine points clear. Second place, and then they ended up getting tipped by West West Brom that the year for their uh, for the automatic promotion, and then they lost at the uh, playoffs.
3: And as I understand but, it, West Brom is your uh, rival, right?
4: West Brom is the main rival, but there's a couple others, but it's mainly regional because uh, West Midlands County. It's basically just one large city. It's, it's, it's not really, but it's, if you look at it on a map, it's, you know, just one large industrial area, like Wolverhampton's, you know, up in the, uh, not really the, yeah. north, the, the northwest area, but, uh, west from would, would would be considered like a suburb of Birmingham, even though it's not really, then, you know, you have Aston Villa and you have Birmingham, and then the actual closest regional arrival to Wolves is Walsall, but, they rarely play in the same same division, though.
3: Uh, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I gotta pull up on the map here. What's uh? You said you went there this past year. What what's the city like there?
4: Uh, truth be told, it just reminds me. If you ever been to Columbus, it reminds me a lot of the uh, the short north campus area. It's just you know row house and row houses. You know, it's just. It's, it reminds me of like you know. You ever been to like an old old town America or like uh like a small town like America? Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, I think it clearly, like the
4: like 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 the smaller town part of it where it's got like all the old buildings that it are connect each other. It's right, Pretty right. much everywhere, everywhere you look, it just reminds me of of the campus area.
3: Was uh, you know, could you tell? Was the region like heavily, uh, Wolves fan? Like, was Wolves here everywhere or was it kind of in the background? Um, on well, Wolves, there, it's, there's a lot of Wolves fans, but
4: there's a, you know, since Wolves were doing, since Wolves did, uh, well, they were relegated like three times straight back in the 80s. Yeah. So, you know, they, they almost went out of business. So there's a lot of fans that are from, you know, you know the, the, uh, top six in their area, but most of the places where you went is, it's, it's, it's really wolves like when you're cool. actually in the city pro- proper there's a bunch of wolves Wolves fans
3: did you uh did you get uh special access privileges because of uh, you being um, the member of the group
4: yes and no um i actually speak to or i tweet the guy that does the audio commentary i actually got a uh free uh free tour of the ground i actually got into the uh museum for free too but that but that was about it though but it was it was an awesome experience
3: that yeah that sounds like a lot of fun i think all of us on the podcast have uh you know jimmy the one guy that's the man U fan has been over there in two few games but um the other tottenham guy and i are dreaming of a sojourn over there pretty soon
4: um yeah it's def it's definitely worth it since it's easier for you guys because i have to I was going to fly into Birmingham, but I would have to make two, two stops on the flight, so I ended up flying, flew into Manchester and I took the train down. But luckily Uh, I have a host over, I actually have a host over there, so he actually came and guided me so I wouldn't get lost on the trains because Manchester for Wolverhampton on the ticket, uh, on the ticket it says Manchester for Wolverhampton it doesn't tell you which, which stops to get, get get on.
3: How did you meet the guy? Was it all through, uh, through the group? It's all
4: through Wolves, it's all through the group. That's Mike cool. is one of my oldest, is one of my oldest Wolves, Wolves, Wolves friends, so. Huh. Do you
3: have a lot of Wolves friends?
4: Um, pretty much ninety ninety percent of my Twitter is Wolves, 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 Wolves fans, but on Facebook. I got a bunch of them, but I usually stay on to mine or my uh, or a couple of the other international wolves, wolves, wolf fans pages because some of them get a little bit uh, disheartening because they yeah. a lot of fans have been through the bad bad times. So I stay off off of those. I try to keep everything positive.
3: Sure, I mean that's why we're all fans in the end, right? Yeah. So. So I had some team specific questions. Um yes. Who are your favorite Wolves players currently? And then maybe like some of them that, you know, the average fan that doesn't watch a lot of them wouldn't know about like that kind of player too. Alright, well, first off, it's gotta be
4: Matt, Matt Murray, cause he was the reason why I, I follow them. Couple older ones would be, uh, George Ella Kobe. He actually scored, uh, I think it was back in the 2010-2011 season. the Menu was on their unbeaten run, and they came to Wolves. Wolves were dead last, and they beat them 2-1. He scored one of the goals, and then he either scored it or he assisted in the second goal. But his name is George L. L. He's a tank of a man. He should be playing rugby, but he plays soccer. But uh, currently... I uh, would say Jimenez, Jota, and uh, Cody are my top fa- favorite. Neves is a guy to watch, but Laska, and the, since he joined the Premier League, and he has Joao M- Moutinho M- 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 next next to him, he does more of the you know defensive girty work. So he doesn't get to spray the passes like he used to. But I think sure. since they in- introduced Dan, uh, Leander Dan-, Dan Donker, he's actually gotten able to do his uh, you know. Fancy, uh, passes. If you ever, if you watch the Leicester City game when we beat them four to three, we'll just watch his passes.
3: All right. I'll have to go, uh, check out the highlights. I do like right. Wolves games. Like if, if they don't interfere with a Tottenham game, that's usually what I'm, I'm flipping on just because of the yeah, recent yeah. promotion. Like it's, it's kind of cool, but it does seem like you guys have a habit of playing up to the top six teams and then. For some reason, playing down to like the bottom of the league, and I wouldn't say we're you know. playing down. It is everyone else is playing up, up, up to us, and then we
4: play, we play closer to what the top six plays. Open for the open for the ball. A lot of the I want to say lower squads, but they play a little more negative. And, you know, you try to be in your face, sure. defensive. They want to rough, rough, rough you up. I thought that was going to happen against the, against Cardiff, but you know, saw that. That's why you put Saeed and the Dan Dan Donker in. Because you know they're more your your uh, general tank tank types, but sure.
3: Um, as far as the club and the supporters, how feasible do you think it is for you guys to challenge for a top four spot, or are you guys always fearing, you know, going I down think I
4: think they're I think they're very serious. I like, I'll be honest with you. When we came up this season, I would have settled for seventeenth right off off sure. right off the right off the uh, back. But beginning of the season when we had a really great run, you know, I'm getting every time we go below tenth, I was gutted every time because I'm like, well, we started off this well, why can't we keep it going? We had that bad run where we had one point out of eighteen. I was actually calling for Nuno's head at that at that point, and then we played Chelsea on on my birthday. and We won two one. I was freaking out, like saving. Yeah, You've
3: had some big wins. It's Chelsea two one yeah. the big one. We Tottenham three one. Uh, we've beaten
4: or at least t- beaten or taken points off of every club, whether it's in the FA Cup or or the league.
3: Gotcha. And FA Cup, you have a matchup coming with Man U pretty soon, right?
4: Yes, uh, six the day before St. Patty's Day. Nice. Oh, the training grounds called Compton. It's actually been updated recently. They actually installed two exact replica pitches of the one that's actually at the stadium. So when oh, they pass the ball, it, 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 actually have, it actually does exactly what it's supposed to do. And then Compton's one is the state of the state of the art this facilities and then also at the stadium. They revamped one of the stands. If you watch it on TV, it's the one toward toward the left of the TV screen. A couple of years ago, that that we got relegated. But actually, at the end of next season, they're going to re re redevelop the Steve Bull stand which which is the one you actually see on TV. They're going to make that 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 one bigger and closer to to the field. Do you know the
3: approximate number of seats uh, in there?
4: Um, right now it can fit 32,000, but since the one stand is a little bit bigger on the one side, they don't uh, put anybody in there, but we usually average about 31,000, but they're trying to expand it to at least 46,000.
3: What was your favorite part of the inside when you were in there?
4: Um, actually getting out onto the field and actually setting in the – uh in the uh, boxes where 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 the players sit or the bench, I guess. So
3: then, so you guys have the most points you've had in the EPL season. Um, you know, what's it like being a Wolves fan right now? i
4: um, over the moon. We're uh, some pundits would say we're punching well above our weight, but if you actually did your do your homework, our uh, owners are probably one of the wealthiest in the world, and then we're actually two. We're actually what one season ahead of where they wanted to be. When they bought Wolves, they wanted to be in the Premier League within three seasons. We did it in two and they wanted to push for Premier uh, League title and or Champions League places. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're punching the seventh and we have a possibility of a Euro- Europa League spot even if, even if they don't win, win the FA Cup. So everyone's buzzing basically.
3: Sure. Absolutely. How does that, um, how does that Europa League uh, qualifying work after the fifth place there, you know?
4: Alright, Um, alright. If the, if you win the, the League Cup or the FA Cup, you get an automatic bid into the, or you think you get a bid for a Europe, uh, a Euro, European spot. Basically, gotcha. if any of the, any of the teams that win that, that are in the top four, they already have a Champions League, Champions League spot, it goes to the, the next place club. So, Man City already won the League, League, League Cup, so. The, uh, that spot will go to the sixth place team. If a top,
3: ah, okay. if a
4: top four team wins the FA Cup, so it's probably either, it has to be either Man City, or at the moment, or Man U, cause no other top three teams are still in, in it, cause we already yeah. knocked Liverpool out. I think Tottenham's right. already out, Tottenham's already out too, so if one of those two teams win, that, those two teams win that aren't Wolves, Will get get the spot if they if they uh, get seventh at the end of of the season.
3: Gotcha. And I would imagine you guys would be pretty over the moon just to be in Europa League
4: at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope we don't. If if it comes comes two of that, we don't pull pull Burnley this season. They, what is they, it, they a pulling of they, Burnley? They, well, they got Europa League qual or uh, uh, spot last yeah, season, right. but they. Uh, but the qualifying games are during preseason and they didn't then their start of their season didn't go so well now they're, you know, in a relegation battle.
3: Right, right.
4: So it's Except all when it comes extra to playing
3: games. Spurs, then they beat the Spurs, so
4: Yeah, well yeah.
3: So you mentioned your owners are, you know, investing in the club right now and doing a lot. That that's gotta be a good feeling. So I feel like yes. you probably do have you know, views of maybe it being possible to challenge for a top four spot in the next few years.
4: Yes. It's very, it's very viable.
3: And with them spending money, there's probably less of a fear of losing your top players. Um, Was that a fear in the past? And is it still something that you think about as a fan? If we did,
4: if we didn't get game promotion this season, I thought Nevin would have gone at the beginning of this season, but since we went went up and we had a decent season so far, I have I don't think we'll lose any of our big players unless someone comes in with 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 a ridiculous offer for somebody. But sure. I don't see see it ha- happening. I, I mainly see them getting rid of the dead and weight players because we have a million of our uh, of our um, players out on loan. Cause you know like, likes to keep a smaller squad, but. I see most of them going out, maybe one or two first team players leaving, but that's about it.
3: And, uh, you mentioned you're calling for Nuno's head earlier in the season, but, but, and you also mentioned that you guys kind of play a wide open game, you know, much like the top six teams, but what are your thoughts on him as a coach in general and, and kind of the tactics he employs with Wolves? Um, it's mostly love and
4: a tiny bit of hate cause sometimes, so when he does his subs, you just scratch your head, like even his, uh, Cardiff team announcement. And I'm like, you're, I'm left scratching my head, but everything worked, worked out. But sometimes, you know, everyone lo- lo- loses the plot every so often, but I gotta stick, stick with him for the long, long, long haul cause he's produced re- re- results.
3: So, and then, uh, what do you, think you guys will end up at the end of the season. You're in seventh right now, tied, tied on points with Watford. I uh, have a leading goal differential. You know, where do you, where do you oh, see them? Three
4: I'll take seventh or eighth. Right right, right. now doesn't, doesn't matter to me really as long as we're uh, above tenth.
3: Yeah, yep. And you still have a shot at the FA Cup, which would be cool.
4: That too, I'm like, uh, if you get the FA Cup, it doesn't really matter, matter to me at the end, at the end, really. But the FA Cup's played at the end of after the end of the season, though. But
3: should end our podcast with a uh, rant. I, I know you're kind of put on the spot here, but I was wondering if you had anything rant-worthy. We go anywhere from like trashing a player, or we usually take a dump on Arsenal or something like that. But did you have any, um, anything you'd like to rant on while you have the stage here?
4: You know, if you follow a certain club, stick with them through thick and thin. Don't uh, jump ship. Um, delve into their history as much as possible, so you don't sound like a plastic. <laughs> that'd probably be that'd probably be the easiest thing. I'm like, go through the wiki of Wikipedia, buy books on it. You know, just yeah. make sure you know you know as much as you can about your team, so you don't. So you really, so you don't sound stupid because I've had people ask me like, like you're Wolfram, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I've read that. I've read that. I've read that. I'm like, I actually know this, this, and this. I'm like, wow, you actually know that? I'm like, yeah, I've done my hits. I've done my homework. I'm like, I don't, I've heard you know. that
3: about, uh, yeah, like if you go over there to watch a game, like you might get grilled a little bit. And I think I'd probably fail that test at this point, yeah. but I'm trying to do, then al- do it.
4: And then, and then also try to Try to befriend as many of the fans over there as possible, because it makes going over there so much easier. You know where 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 to go, where to get get a proper pint, where to get the great best food, like where to stay away from. Because you know, yeah, stay away from any. If you're a Tottenham fan, stay away from anything Arsenal. Stay away from anything Millwall and West Ham. Especially if you're if you're a London club, if you're a fan of the London club, everybody hates everybody else. West Midlands, all of those clubs next, yeah, around each other. Hate, hate everybody else.
3: And there's, like, legitimate fights breaking out around that?
4: Uh, it all some of them, it all depends on who it is. I'm like, uh, you, I don't know if you saw uh, Everton, uh Millwall fights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's sometimes like that is that you know where to stay away from those, too. Yeah. Because they they take it seriously over there. It's almost like gang warfare over there, really. But well, like I said, I'm like some. I was gonna say, also some fans are really nice. Nice to nice to everybody else. I'm like when I went to the Southampton game. I'm like there wasn't any fighting anywhere, really.
3: Yeah, I mean I think it's probably like America in that that respect. If you're not some places, but control. a lot.
4: But a lot of soccer fans, they that's why they have a certain away section in there because. Even though it might seem nice, someone's gonna tick off somebody else. That's sure. why they have all their, that's why they have all their fans in a different spot. So I actually had some people tell me, Mike, you know, you guys actually intermingle with other, other teams fans. I'm like, yeah, we're not, you know, we don't hate everybody else over here. Yeah, yeah.
3: You might, hate,
4: you might, hate, team, you might hate, the other team, but you don't hate some other fans. So you try to keep everything cordial. Right. The
3: only fights I've been are really in like, Football tailgates, but it is yeah, well,
4: it's pretty pretty college chill. Football, college football is pretty bad over here some sometimes, but they try to keep keep it down to or put it on the down low.
3: Sure, yeah, I, I, I should probably tell you that one of the actually both the other guys in my podcast are big uh, Michigan fans. true. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't if they're actually from
4: Michigan. I can't really say nothing. There's a lot of Michigan fans out here. Okay, and I can't say much anything. they actually, I actually have a couple friends that are actually from Michigan that are Michigan fans. I don't, I rag on them a little bit, but it's the ones that actually live down here that aren't even from Michigan that just hate uh, uh the Buckeyes. The, 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 the but they, you know, sure, I, I rag on them more.
3: I mean, it, it can't be easy being the big brother all the time in uh, Columbus. Well, I live. They're gonna, they're I'm gonna hate that school. I said that.
4: <laughs> well I'm just saying is i I lived through the nineties when John cooper went two eight eight and one against him so this Ooh. is payback payback for that so
3: <laughs> nice yeah all right chris is was really nice talking to you I would really, really nice talking to you talk talk. yep and uh yeah right seen, i'll send you uh i'll send you the episode and everything
4: all right I'll post it on on my uh facebook group and i'll post but post it on twitter too.
3: All right, cool. Thanks for the, right. uh, the world knowledge.
4: Thank you for having me.
3: All right, take it easy.
4: All right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Right, bye. bye. bye.